Jack Aker became the Yankee closer in 1969 and remained there until 1972, sharing the job with Lindy McDaniel and then being replaced by Sparky Lyle. Aker came to the majors with the A's in Kansas City in 1964. One year later, he became part of a box score for the ages. Aker finished the game that Satchel Paige started on September 25, 1965, at the age of 59 years old, or possibly a little younger. Maybe only 57. Nobody is quite sure. I don't know if we were told in advance that Satchel was coming, but I do remember when he walked into the room. At that time, players seemed to know the history of the game more than they do now, and everybody, of course, had heard of Satchel Paige. We welcomed him. Aker remembers Page saying he would need a few days to get into shape to pitch. Finley planned to start him as a promotion called Light a Match for Satch Night. We didn't really know if he was going to pitch in a game or not, but every day he would come out and throw a little bit on the side. We had no idea how old he was, but he had to be probably in his sixties. We watched him throw, and he threw all right for a man that age. His control was impeccable. The catchers who warmed him up in the bullpen said they could sit in a rocking chair and catch him. Speaking of rocking chairs, they brought one into the bullpen for Satchel. At that time, we didn't have a very good team, so the stands weren't packed. But there was always a group of people who would buy tickets to come sit down by the bullpen to hear Satchel telling stories. He was a very friendly guy who would sit out there and also trade stories with us. The Red Sox are coming to town, and they have a pretty good hitting club. The A's were advertising that Satchel would start against them. He took the mound, and three innings later he'd given up no runs and one hit. Carl Yastrzemski hit a double off of him to left center field. It was an astounding event. He didn't throw extremely hard. I would guess he could still throw the ball 75 or 80 miles an hour. He threw harder in the game than he had on the sideline, but his control was still amazing. He was cruising so easy he could have probably gone more than three innings and the Red Sox were serious. They didn't let up. But they did win the game, 5-2. to two. Satchel came out after three, leading one to nothing, giving the one hit and striking out one. Pepe Joe Pepitone was a target of a lot of things that went on. Joe, at that time, had these hair pieces. He had one for off the field and another for on the field. Fans would remember that whenever Joe took off his batting helmet, he very quickly slipped his hat on all in one movement. The helmet came off, the hat went on. He would never be seen without one of those hair pieces. He was also the first guy to ever use a hairdryer in the clubhouse. We all took note of this. Joe would wait and shower by himself usually, and then come out with his hair piece on and proceed to blow dry it and comb it all down. He was like a woman. He would spend an hour in front of the mirror. Your attention, please, ladies and gentlemen. Now pitching for the Yankees, number 19, Fritz Peterson. Fritz loaded up Peppy's hairdryer with baby powder one night. At that time, we used to hang around the clubhouse a lot longer than the guys do now. Everybody was sitting around, and we had already dressed. We were waiting for Peppy to get out of the shower. When he came out and he turned that hairdryer on, it looked like a volcano went through the room. One of the funniest sights I ever saw. His whole upper body was snow white. We had guys rolling on the floor laughing so hard. I don't know if Joe actually was angry, but if it was an act, it was a good act. He was stomping and cussing and throwing things around. A few days later, he was laughing about it. Stan Bonson
When Baseball Was Baseball Once upon a time, pitchers were required to bat in the American League. When Stan Bonson pitched for the Yankees, he was joined in the starting rotation by Mel Stottlemyre, Fritz Peterson, and Mike Kekich. We had a contest where it was Fritz and I against Mel and Kekich to see which team would get the most hits in a season. This was about 1970. We would have a cutoff date near the end of the season. Wherever we were at the time, the two winners were entertained by the two losers to the finest restaurant in town. It was carte blanche. You could order whatever you wanted, any food, any champagne, anything. The cutoff date coincided with the Yankees in Cleveland. You not only got points for hits, you got a point for hitting a batter. Kekich and Stottlemyre edged Fritz and I by a couple of points. They wanted to go to a place called the Kon Tiki, which was a Polynesian place that I think was located in the Sheraton.